You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today we're talking about the one seven glow, this time opposite where we have the Maxi Company, Morgan and Robbie Maxi, and Robbie is a seven and Morgan is a one. This is a very common pairing, first of all, but secondly, you've always heard me talk about this glow from a one male and female seven perspective. So I wanted to give you guys the chance, since we have so many one females out there, to hear this episode. We really dig in. And I also really wanted to dig in because some of our glow episodes, we don't get to go that deep because, like I said, I don't want to take people completely on their therapy journeys here, but I actually am going to be doing even more of that next season where I dip into questions from people. And I also got to do that today because Morgan and Robbie felt so safe to me being a similar typed couple. And I knew that I could take them certain places and certain other places I probably wouldn't ask about, but they just absolutely flew through this interview with depth. So I hope you get that from it. I hope if you've been longing for a good episode from a couple that you haven't heard from before here, uh, that's deep and that's real and that's rich that you find that exactly here. And we also get to talk a tiny bit about them being pup parents. Before we get to that, I want to say thank you so much for those who have signed up for the Enneagram and Marriage course. I'm super excited to be adding people to my team, and I'm so glad that I'm going to have extra people to refer to that are specific with Enneagram and Marriage. And the course is still open, so make sure you join us if you want to get to know how to work with couples in Enneagram and Marriage. You can visit EnneagramMarriage.com. It's also in the show notes. And then all the great things I'm going to be sharing about Robbie and Morgan today are also in the show notes so that you can find them, follow them, and walk with them through their journey being Enneagram public speakers and a great couple of pure sunshine glow and also pup parents. And they're just encouraging as you'll find when you get to hear them today. Personally, this week, we just wrapped up our school year almost completely. I'm so happy we are so close to the finish line. My second daughter is trying to dual enroll. We'll see if that happens. It's totally up to God because she's putting in all her studying for it and taking the placement test soon. My son is having fun. If any of you are homeschooling, out there for the first time. Outschool.com is a fun place. He's been taking some courses online, just having fun socially, as well as having a couple play dates. But he really does, of course, along with all kids in America and the world right now, have limited time with other kids. So that's been a fun finish for him too. So soccer is outdoor, so it's kind of socially distance-ish um, because you're pushing each other. So not really, but we do our best with our little boys and our littles, and we do our best to decide where we're at with COVID and all of the craziness of this last year, right? So I do want to tell you guys something funny that came as we finished our psychology class this week that relates to all of us. And that is that we were learning again about the fundamental attribution errors. And my daughter's final psychology experiment was on the family and she was analyzing how people responded. She asked everybody what was their favorite show and their favorite movie. And she would tell them somebody before them had said a certain movie. So depending on how socially well they were, they might say, oh yeah, that's my favorite movie too, or it's not. And it was so interesting. And then when she wrote up her final paper, something I noticed that she did is she was talking about the attributes of each person. 
And so one of the things I had her look at very carefully was something we do in our marriages with our spouses, and we all do this. And the fundamental and situational attribution errors are such that when we look at our family and why they do the things they do, we literally almost always say it's because of their personality that they do this. But when I do it, it's because I'm not feeling safe, or I didn't think it was right, or I didn't think it was good. And so we have to remember that fundamental error we make as creating that other people do things from these internal sources of them not being really as good as us. And that when something happens to us, we think it's because we are so good that we rise above and we just conquer the world and we're just awesome. So of course, like if I have a bad day, it's because I'm tired. But if my husband has a bad day, it's because that's his personality type. So you have to be careful to really watch for the fundamental attribution error in marriage when your spouse has a bad day. And you do have to look at sensory stuff and you, as we'll talk a tiny bit about on this episode, you have to look at their personality type for sure, but try to look with grace and compassion at others and try to give them that same grace you give yourself of, oh, I was having a bad day or I was tired or I wasn't feeling well versus they had it out for me. And it happened to me in our marriage this week as well when Wes and I were talking about he wakes up cranky sometimes and I didn't know why. I kind of even affiliated it to oneness and I was like, well, it's just being a one when you wake up cranky. And then he was like, oh, I think I'm waking up cranky because I've been really tired lately and I'm not sleeping well. And I really thought that that was interesting. And we have been actually working on figuring out why he's not sleeping super well and he's medical. So he's been kind of going through the process of figuring that out and thinking it's something genetic, but he's not been getting good quality sleep. And that's been something that's really something I want you guys to pay attention to is like I said, with your spouses, like don't just assume it's this or that about their personality, but sometimes be willing to dig a little deeper. And he's finally exploring self-preserving areas. So this is really good work he's doing is investing in his quality of sleep and figuring out how to get better with that because that could be a whole analytical area you have not yet explored. How much fun is that? Okay, so let's go ahead and get into our episode as we get to talk with Robbie and Morgan of the Maxi Co. Guys, I am so happy to have you on today's podcast, Robbie Type 7 and Morgan Type 1. Hi, guys. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having us. We're super excited to be here. Oh, yeah. So glad. This is crazy awesome, guys, because as we are talking, we are a one seven couple, and I got another one in seven who are opposites to talk. So, Robbie being the seven and Morgan being the one, this is going to be so much fun for those of you who have been waiting for this dynamic. So, thanks, extra guys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) We could just talk about it all day. All day. Yeah. Yay. And I'm so glad you guys were on my glow launch team and pure sunshine is the name of your pairing. Can you tell us a little bit about how you guys met? Yeah. So we met in a pretty cool adventurous way, which is great for type seven. We met on a Southwest flight a couple of years back. I was flying to Sacramento, which is where we currently live home from college. And Robbie was flying home on a business trip. And Mm -hmm. he was actually the guy behind me in the boarding pass line. who was wearing a Sacramento King sweatshirt He was joking about March Madness, which is a college basketball tournament. And I turned and I laughed and then I looked away quickly. (laughs) I wanted to show I was interested, but not too interested. Got her. (laughs) And then Robbie asked if my name was Morgan, which is really funny because it was. And we ended up sitting next to each other on the flight. A little context of that creepy. (laughs) Yeah. How'd you know that? Yeah. Just time out for a second here. Yeah. Okay. 
So we went to the same college. Yeah. And so just, we're also both in the Sacramento area. And so uh, California Baptist University, most of the people who go there are from Southern California. Mm-hmm. So when you meet somebody else from Sacramento, it's, it's kind of fun. So her dad, she was moving into her dorm room. She was a freshman when I was a junior. And so I was on this leadership team that helped move all the, the pretty girls into their dorm rooms. Uh-huh. Big move on my part. I'm not into leadership. It's more the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so her dad had kind of one of our rival high school uh, sweatshirts on. And so I just started talking about it, kind of a small Christian school Aww. type deal. And uh, I saw Morgan just like very briefly. And I was like, I think he had just introduced like, oh, that's my daughter, Morgan. It's her first day. And uh, so that that's and then like I kind of knew who she was throughout college. I didn't just like Aww. tap into some dark spirit and know that your name was Morgan. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was well aware. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, excellent. Yeah. You can, yeah. Yeah. And then Robbie took a little bit of collegiate basketball. And then I was actually in college choir. So our group Aww. senior played Nesh. It was a real Troy Bolton and Gabriella situation. Ooh, so. I love you. <laughs> so yes, we do. Oh, I love that. Awesome. Really we are back to high school musical. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we are getting to each other much on campus. But yeah, so we met on the airplane. I think it's crazier. Robbie didn't ask for my phone number and I didn't ask for his. And so it wasn't until three months later that I was church shopping. So just kind of looking for a new church in the Sacramento area. And Robbie happened to be there and he was waving at oh, the aisle. Gosh. Yeah, pretty wild. And That's so- crazy. <laughs> three well, times. I, knew, I know. I just knew like when we kind of left at the airport, I had this awesome, like, I would say I fell from God. I was going to see her again. Yeah. And I, oh my I, gosh. I never yeah. got those feelings. And so I have no issue identifying that that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so wow. it was pretty special. <laughs> like a couple of months, was it two months later? Yeah. Two months later, my brother looked at me and was like, I think Morgan Breifel is in here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <sighs> I knew it. I knew it. And I turned around and yeah, she was waving. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty, cool. pretty cool. Then a week later, we went on our first date to a local coffee shop. Temple, shout out Temple, which we are currently yeah, drinking. We yeah. <laughs> yes, commercial. It was a quick two years later that we ended up getting married, and we love it. Yeah, I'm glad I'm married to you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's happy like 51 percent of the time. No, oh my gosh, majority. <laughs> we had a, a funny story from this morning when we did get into seven one wing that I think we'll mm-hmm. we'll describe Ooh. seven one relationship very yes. well. So this is a good time. Perfect. Yes, yeah. perfect. I want to jump right in. I really do. I was just about to ask you guys, tell us about your glow. Tell us a little bit about your shadow, which I think we're going to get into a little bit this morning, right? Um, but also like, what are, you know, you're sharing some of the good stuff and we can all feel. I was so excited about this because I know this episode is going to be giving people enthusiasm and fun. And I think we need balance. We need some episodes that go deepest and then some that really just bring that joy. So I hope you'll share both because we want the real stuff, but we want the fun too. Krista, you are such a healthy seven. You are such a healthy seven. Mira told you that? No. Like very clearly. I know, you know, I'm not always a healthy seven. I know a lot of sevens. Seeing a healthy seven is the coolest thing because you have this like, yeah, yeah, this zest for life. And it's like at our healthiest, we know life is a gift, but at the same mm-hmm. time, not being afraid to go deep, no matter how painful or weird it can be. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes we shy away from that. And so anyways, I can mm-hmm. tell just in case you needed that stamp of approval. Aww, from thank you. <laughs> I so appreciate it. Actually, somebody recently said that uh, I was sounding like I cared so much it hurt. 
And I was really sad, but then I actually was that week with my daughter and she went through something. She went through a really hard scare. Like we thought she might have skin cancer and it was totally benign, but Mm -hmm. I was like caring so much at her. And then like the Lord brought that back to me where I was like, I do care so much at her. That was a compliment. Like I can't help it. Like, so so we evolve as people and hopefully we get healthier. So this is encouragement to you, Robbie, but I can tell you guys are already getting there. So I'm excited. It's funny though, because when you coach, people assume you're like so healthy and you're already there. And it's like, mm. no, we're just like as broken we as all of that. Yeah, absolutely. For Agreed. Sure. Thank I you for saying that. That's huge. Fine. Go ahead. I think a lot of Enneagram knowledge talks a lot about how your twenties and thirties can be a really like transformative time where you experience all often yeah, your totally. stress number. Totally. And so being a one, I definitely I'm a young professional as well, have a lot of that imposter syndrome and a lot of just like trying to convince myself that I'm good enough. And where Robbie comes mm-hmm. in is, and you're super great at this is he's so optimistic and he tends to look on the bright side of scenarios. So sunshine. Sure. And I tend to be sometimes a little too honest with myself mm-hmm. and having like our dynamic has been really helpful for me because I'm willing to try new things, step out of my comfort zone set goals for myself that I never thought I could achieve because he is such a big dreamer. And naturally, I think what sevens are so gifted at doing is seeing people's potential, right? Mm-hmm. Where I think one, sometimes we like to see other people's potentials, but we're also realist at our core. And it's mm-hmm. to really mm-hmm. say like, yeah, that we can do really it. Good. That is really good. Yeah. Yeah. Morgan is very, very incredible. So she's, um, she's a business builder. She's a marathon runner. She's, oh, wow. She's pretty hot. <laughs> she's uh, gorgeous. I have yeah. to tell, I'm looking at her right now and right. not she's lying. She's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's got it all. But, um, you know, I think she definitely had like a lot of limits internally on herself. Of, oh, yeah how big she could grow mm. the maxi. Oh, I remember mm. like right before she ran her first marathon, she didn't think she could do it. And there's always just that one voice kind of in your head of like, you've already peaked, you've kind of reached the limit. You can't go any farther. You're yeah. done. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's cool that like the gift God has given me is I really think as a seven and just like who I am, mm-hmm. I'm really good at like seeing somebody at their core. I feel the potential God's instilled in them. Mm-hmm. And so just seeing Morgan and just mm-hmm. being like, I'm going to pull that out of you. Not by like this, this like, you know, riding you to be better, be better. But just this, like, no, I see this and that's where you need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and then Morgan at the same time, but it's funny because I'm such a dreamer. Sometimes get a little, a little carried away. Mm-hmm. Morgan's very good at kind of pulling me back and being like, let's be a little more grounded. Let's uh, shoot mm-hmm. for some realistic goals today. And kind mm-hmm. of, she's been great at showing me the compound interest of doing the right things kind of every day. Mm-hmm. So I feel as a seven, I want to be there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not there tomorrow, I'm really discouraged and I just give up because mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not there. So what, but it's like, no, Morgan's so good at just saying every day we wake up at this time, we go on our runs. <laughs> and then in a couple months, you'll be able to do a 20 mile run. And then a couple <sighs> months, you know, we'll do this. And then she's just really good at just that consistent Aww. flow but then when she needs that last final push to believe she can achieve what she's been going for the whole time, mm-hmm. that's where my sevenness comes totally. out. It's like, no, you can totally do this. You've been oh. doing this for so long. Mm-hmm. And so she's kind of like grounding me. I'm pulling the potential out of her. And so like at our healthiest, our glow is we're just bringing the best out of each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's definitely a few shadows along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Because you know, pure sunshine, you present to the world as this glorious sparkling couple. And then some people, as I've shared on this podcast, when you start to deepen and get richer as this pairing, they don't know what to do with that. And they're like, hold on a second. Like you guys were supposed to bring always that light in your life. We have our shadows too. Yeah. Yeah, And we've actually felt a lot of that. We have if I can a lot of people invite us to weddings because we are very outgoing and we like to keep the We're party on the going. Dance floor, sure. Oh, I believe it. Including people, and I think sometimes we do take on this leadership role. And we we're actually just talking about that this morning about how sometimes we feel uncomfortable when people are looking to us to lead because even though we project often like pure sunshine, we can have a performance based mindset. And yeah. when you're behind closed doors. And I'm telling Robbie, it's time to run. And we're like seven minutes late. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always a pure sunshine experience, but on the outside, mm-hmm. a lot of times it looks that way. So, well, mm-hmm. so this morning, Morgan run, wanted to run. She wanted to do her, her 10 mile run this morning really badly. Mm-hmm. I, I did not. If <laughs> I can say that. She also yeah. wanted to do that at like 6.30 or 7 a.m., I always wake up at 6.30 or 7. So Morgan mm-hmm. does this thing where she wakes up at 6 but doesn't tell anybody. And so mm-hmm. when I naturally wake up at 8, I'm like, oh, good morning, beautiful. She's just like, I have been so mad at you the past two <laughs> hours. I've been to run for so long. Get your butt out of bed. We're running. <laughs> That's my introduction into the day. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great day. Um, and then it's cool because like we go out and we start running and that's kind of have that, what it's called like active meditation. I can't remember what it is. We but, process like, a lot of our best ideas on our runs. Right. Sometimes yeah. you try to meditate, your body's kind of fidgety, the physical side, you mm-hmm. can't settle down. So mm-hmm. when you run, that part is taken care of yeah. and you can mm-hmm. really, really focus. And so we have like these amazing conversations. It's kind of like. I would say our time together. Cause if you, you know, if you're not careful, you wake up, you have breakfast, go to work, and then you come home and we're going to work on the Mexico. I'd like to read and do some mm-hmm. other stuff or we see friends. We're not really spending much quality time with each other. So I feel that like early yeah. morning, mm-hmm. I used to see it as a uh, punishment, but <laughs> I now see it as this, like, this is like a very beautiful, quiet time. I get to spend with my wife. Mm-hmm. Kind of- crazy. So it's actually been a good foundation for us. Yeah. I would really recommend that for all people, especially puppy parents and parents, just being able to start off the day at the same time on the same foot. I think because we all have different careers, different people that we're interacting with on a day-to-day basis, you can Mm -hmm. feel really disconnected. And so for me, something that I'm really big on is like, I want to run together or wake up together or read together because it helps me feel synced up with you from a task standpoint, if we don't necessarily have the time. To get mm-hmm. into like deep in our relationship. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And it really helps the one to satisfy that need for being fit and being yeah. good at that. Yeah. So I yeah. think it gets your inner garbage out as a one and a seven has a lot of excess energy. So oh. it's it's literally something that a lot of, including us one seven couples need to do is get up together or do fitness together. Um, It's so life-giving. And I do think other, like you said, other people benefit too. So listen up guys, even if this is not your pairing, that if you can sync up your morning ritual, or if you can do some kind of fitness together and a lot of people it's walking.
walking. I think that now we're starting to be at the place where we're walking. It's really changing for us because my husband's still a lot faster than me after having the three kids and being a seven for so many years. You burn out. I did track and field. I did jogging class in high school or in college. And I just like, I still jog, but it's more of like, I'm actually aware now, like my body will wear out. So as a self-preserving subtype, um, I've decided I'm going to save my running for like really important, like once a week. And then daily we take a nightly walk again, back to the dog with the pup. Um, so I think that it's, if it's happening somewhere, wherever you guys are listening, you're going to be happy because you're actually like doing two things at once. Right. So productive. Yes. So true. Now, so the, the part that's been hard for me that I feel is like one of the things about marriage, which like it's hard for people ask me for marriage advice. It's like I've been married for a year and a half. Like, I don't know. Do you have any advice for me? Um, but it's hard to like give up some freedom yeah. in the aim for a more stable relationship, which is a much better goal to aim for. So like, mm-hmm. you know, when Morgan wanted to run early in the morning, I saw that as like this restrictive, stop trying to control me. I want right. to sleep when I want to mm-hmm. sleep. I want to wake up when I want to wake up. Mm-hmm. Morgan eats the same breakfast sandwich every morning. Which he likes now. Which means <laughs> I eat the same breakfast sandwich every morning. And I'm, I'm a classic seven. I love mm-hmm. variety. Like do not hold me down. I used to be super unhealthy with kind of the FOMO of just life of like, mm-hmm. even with like running routes. Yeah. I'd be like, well, we ran here yesterday. Mm-hmm. So we run here again today. I'm not doing anything new. That yep. means I'm a terrible person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, so there was like this aspect of control that I really struggled with when we mm-hmm. first got married. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's common with all numbers. I think yeah. you can mm-hmm. feel like you're losing a part of yourself, your single self, like, the freedom mm-hmm. to do right. whatever you want with whoever you want. Right. That definitely, right. we both experienced that a little bit. No, absolutely. It mm-hmm. But it's so cool mm-hmm. because like, I feel the way God designed marriage is just this incredible refinement process mm-hmm. where you have to be willing to be humble enough to know, hey, there's a different way to do things. Oh yeah. And you have to be humble enough to know maybe the way I was doing it before wasn't right. Maybe the way my family has always done things mm-hmm. isn't always right. Mm-hmm. And kind of knowing maybe I need to get a little bit more grounded and sacrifice some of those, those other things that really at the end of the day, don't make me much better. I was pretty obsessed with things that so, I would say didn't really help. There's two that come to my mind in the beginning. One of the things that I like that you said was that there's different ways of experiencing the world. And I think where we both fell in love with the Enneagram is that when we're speaking to other people, we always say that there's nine valid ways for individuals to interact with the world. We all have, Fine. they're all valid. That's the key word, valid ways yeah. of seeing and doing things in your yeah. life. So that's been really freeing for us in our marriage, because I think having that understanding of the Enneagram, we're less likely to point fingers and say like, what you're doing is wrong. What I'm doing is right. Because we understand like different personality types, different genders, like Mm -hmm. have a different way that they want to go about things in life. Mm -hmm. Second fun point that I wanted to bring out about Robbie was when we were dating, actually, one of the most fun things about our dating years was the fact that he wanted to experience new things. So we went to a new restaurant every single time. We never went to the same place twice. And I thought that was a really fun way. So if you're seven and you're dating somebody and you've been consistent with that person for quite some time and you, you want to keep things fresh, try a new restaurant, try a new brewery. It's yeah. really fun. No. And I didn't know that. Cause like, mm-hmm. I always felt there was only, I feel with all these self-help books mm-hmm. and kind of just self-help culture 
people are like, oh, there's kind of like one way to do things. So like everybody needs to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I never felt I could like lean into my strengths because I felt that's not the way maybe really successful people do things. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think big ideas was a strength. Mm-hmm. I thought everybody could think big. Um, and I was just kind of some silly dreamer that didn't get anything done. Yeah. But like with Morgan, her biggest comment she ever said while we were, you said this to me probably like six months ago. Mm-hmm. So I just felt when we were dating, you were like showing me the world. Mm-hmm. I was like, that is the biggest compliment I've ever received. That's exactly yeah. how I'd want to be known. Like oh. as a husband, as a, as a boyfriend, mm-hmm. kind of just that guy who's just taking the time to really just prepare adventures and to just experience and see different things. And uh, that was pretty special, but I didn't know that was a strength. Honestly, I thought yeah. that was just kind of a, so anyways, the Enneagram has helped us really identify and lean into kind of the way God has wired us, mm-hmm. which has been just really awesome. Yeah. And I see all of your lines of connection. Anyone listening, the one in the seven share that line. So it's like you guys really go to each other in health and stress, as you well know. So yeah. what's neat about that is when you look at, and I love how Morgan said, it's not that one is always right or two is always right or whoever it is, but it's just different ways of seeing the world. But still within your dynamic, there is one or two ways because you actually really fit well together in that particular way. So yeah. fun is always going to be good. Wonder is always going to to be good. Like these are things you can count on. We've taken dozens and dozens of dancing classes. You guys said you love dancing. It's like That's running it. these kinds of things of moving together and adventures together are very key to the one seven health dynamic. And even just hearing you guys, I'm like, wow, this is very similar, even though, um, we're crossing genders now. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm wondering if you still feel like as uh, a female one, do you feel like sometimes we look at ones as you guys don't want as much connection, um, or physical connection. Um, but yet as a woman, sometimes you are the one also who is seen as I do. I just want that romance. So do you feel like that? How does that work out for you as a female one? I love that you asked this because I, really I was flipping through the glow guide again this morning and I saw what they were, how they were talking about like in relationships and physical. And I have always been very, reserved and proper with my like body as it comes to like interacting with other people like not because I think there's a right way of doing something it's more about being afraid that someone else is perceiving that the way I'm going about how I'm handling my body is wrong and Mm. being perceived as wrong is very difficult as a type one and I think in the beginning of our relationship it's such a vulnerable exposing experience and one's the perfectionist, right? So we want to present our perfect selves. And, you know, at 10 p.m. after a long work day, my PJs, Mm -hmm. no makeup, hair in a mess, (laughs) not exactly my favorite situation to be in. (laughs) Element of like intimacy on top of that. Like, wait, why are we doing this now? Like, why couldn't we have done this like (laughs) five hours ago when I was awake and my hair was done and I felt like excited to do something like that? The physical component (laughs) Interesting. I guess since we're on a marriage podcast, yeah, it's great. Yeah. But like seven, I'm a spontaneous guy. Mm-hmm. Like let's let's get lost in the moment. Let's yeah. just see where the night, let's see where the evening takes us. Morgan is very structured. So <laughs> and it's like like very structured. So it's yeah. like there's kind of a process and there's kind of just like uh like who you are pours into all different aspects of your life. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, for any couple listening, where you know that aspect can be tricky. It's like mm-hmm. I feel I had to learn how to bring my strengths to the table there while not going against 
things that would make her feel safe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like like a good how do we be intimate but fun to where it's not like this you know mm-hmm. wild seven spontaneous like <laughs> oh this is crazy but where I can just be fun and yeah. playful where we have mm-hmm. that intimate connection where there's like a little bit of structure around it and so and we've compromised so this is kind of funny so for me being a one, I really believe in brushing teeth before. <laughs> mm, that's what I hear from a lot of ones. Always about the cleanliness for ones. Yes, yes. Like, I just want to feel like I'm very big on presenting like the best, best version self. of that's, myself. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so spontaneity, I love it. However, I would love <laughs> it if my teeth are brushed before. And we have found to be really helpful is like if we're brushing our teeth before if we start joking with each other, right? Because mm-hmm. the second we start joking is the second I start going into my growth number and I start yeah. looking a lot more like an Enneagram type seven where I'm not mm-hmm. as consumed with how, I'm, how I am like inadequate right. in a situation. I'm more consumed yeah. with how can I be the most fun person in this situation? Yes. Pretty helpful. That's so good. But Robbie did have to sacrifice the spontaneity of like, we got to brush your teeth. Well, the interesting thing, <laughs> we I, have to. I, didn't, I didn't know, it makes sense. This goes yeah. back to like the valid ways where different people see the world is Morgan's mm-hmm. literal preset is I, and it's a blessing and a curse. Yes. Mm-hmm. I am going to constantly present my best self to the world at all mm-hmm. times. So I'm going to run all the miles. I'm going to look beautiful. I'm going to work really hard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that obviously transfers to intimacy where mm-hmm. it's like, if we're going to be intimate, she's mm-hmm. going to present her best self forward. So mm-hmm. which is really beautiful. But like, as like a 25 year old dude, I was like, let's <laughs> just, let's, I was 25. Like, let's just do this. Um, just like, no, let's light the candle. Let's get the, let's get the heat cranked in. Morgan's oh, chronically cold. That's so she's my second like, huge yeah. thing. Must be at least 70 the in the house. I'm like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like, it's, it's all kind of, I am going to present and make the situation like the best mm-hmm. that I can. Ooh. And I didn't know that it was kind of offensive to her if mm-hmm. I wasn't reciprocating the favor of bringing your best, of bringing self. my best to just to life. Moment. Yeah. So exercising, clean shaven, yeah. deodorant, like these different things. Yeah. I didn't know that she was interpreting that and justly so justifiably. So as a, I'm putting all this extra effort to make sure I'm giving you my best self all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. feel like you're giving any attention to bringing your best foot forward for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, interpreting this every day as like, I don't care about giving you my best. Yeah. And so like, that was really, I didn't know that though. And so anyways, that was actually a pretty Ooh, That's huge. And I think it's a difference between the female seven and the male seven right there in the sense of he didn't take it so critically because listen how chill he is with that. He's like, Oh no biggie. Like, cool. Like guys are so like, give me a a task and I'll do it. That was very nice for her to be straightforward. This, the, yeah. the thing with us, I'm like, just tell me exactly what you want for me and I will do it. It's not that big of a deal. I <laughs> took about 10 years to get there. We've been married 20 and it took me about 10 years to get there. So I'm really that. proud of you that you were able to hear well, that, to not take it. Yeah. And now, you know, like sensory integration is important. Like the five senses for body types are everything like yeah. you're learning as you go. But like, it doesn't mean it's wrong if another couple listening is like, oh, we don't care. And we're all about pheromones. But it's like, 
what we've learned is in this marriage, this is what makes us work. And that's why we go into Enneagram glow and things like that, because that three, nine marriage may be totally different, but you guys are a more nuanced version. And like Robbie said, sometimes the self-help books can't really get to the heart of this. So I just love seeing how Robbie has pivoted and realized this is not at all personal. It's just she's rubbing off on you. Her glow is rubbing off. And now you're better person. You're getting up earlier. Ironically, you're getting more out of your day because you're getting up earlier. It's like all these cool shifts are happening. And then she's saying you're making her to be so much more fun, which is her place. She goes to, I love that. And also like this element of like bravery has come out where before I think my inner critic would interject and say something and I'd automatically like believe it to be true and kind of shut down. But now Robbie's spontaneous and willingness to just go for things in life has kind of translated in myself as bravery, which it's been really cool to see. Like I'm so much mm. more. Willing. That is really one true, more yeah. bedroom comment. Is <laughs> Let's go back to the bedroom. Yeah, come my on. Enneagram type one to like newly married. Something that I find really helpful is just experiencing with fun bedroom outfits, mm. lingerie, mm. and for me. It's fun because for Robbie, maybe like I'm not as comfortable trying new things in a physical way, but I'm coming to the table with like a new outfit that I feel confident Aww. in. So it's really like I'm presenting something to you, but it's different. So kind of that happy yeah. medium, I have found that to be really helpful too. That's cool. So why not? <laughs> no, that's yes. really cool. Yeah. And like it was in because it's funny. I heard guys described as microwaves. And girls are women are like yeah. like teacup kettles. What is it? Like the, I've never heard the of kettle. Yeah. So a guy a microwave. I'm on. I'm off. On mm-hmm. off. On off. Mm-hmm. Teacup. The kettle takes a little bit while to kind of warm up a little bit. Thinking about my to do list. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot going on. Like let's just take mm-hmm. some time. Let's make sure the to do list is kind of taken care of, and that there's like kind of a fun aspect, like let's ease into it. And so I actually started to make it kind of like a game, I feel mm-hmm. like we would have to like start laughing and kind of like, maybe we start like, I don't know, wrestling or like- We poke fun at each other. Yeah, start poking fun at each other. Oh, and that's just, so like, good for a one. Yeah. Ones love yeah. that. And of course, sevens can hang in with that. Oh, that's, that's my, that's my we read sweet such spot. We a good book about the yes. concept of repair. And so it's the ability that you're as a couple- have to like come back to being harmonious people. So right, like in marriage, you're definitely going to have times when you don't see eye to eye. You can feel like a fight building up. Well, sometimes we kind of diffuse that situation by like sticking our tongue out at each other or like mimicking each other in like a different yeah. voice. Yeah. And it's honestly hysterical. We, I have realized how ridiculous I sound. Yeah. And you have also realized how ridiculous you sound. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> that's been really Ooh, That's a really clever trick. I love that. Just to get your, you know, get you guys disarmed is just to be silly. That's yeah. exactly <laughs> the moment. That's oh. exactly what it is. It's like we can get so wrapped up in we feel this moment is so big and dramatic and oh, this is so intense. This is, yeah. and it just takes someone sticking their tongue out at you to realize, all right, this isn't that big a deal. <laughs> I'm taking myself too seriously right now. Like, I if love all, I, that. It's so good. And I, so I think I'm a little self-preserving. I think if I'm ever tired or if I have a headache, I'm out for the day mm. because I preserve all energy. For, yeah. Like I, and Morgan can power through everything everything she could seriously like have the flu and probably run 
She was like, I just have to run. I believe that. Yes. And that's why I wanted to talk subtypes with you guys as listeners and clients are always asking, like, I don't know my subtype or, you know, my instinctual variant stacking. So tell me about Robbie thinks he's SP that he's self-preserving. And what do you think you are, Morgan? I also think I'm self-preserving because I'm getting that vibe as a six. And I think sixes and ones, a commonality that they have is definitely this need to be over-prepared and a little Mm -hmm. bit of worrying. And I think they're also a little bit more insecure and uncertain about themselves at times. So I have for myself. And I think I told you too, in a side conversation that I thought Robbie could be Mm self-preservation, but I love your insights. So you said you could see that. What elements have you seen in our conversation? We're like, I think Morgan could be a a self-preservation type. So what I heard for you to be possibly self-preserving was you talked a lot about fear and anxiety and the self-preserving one. I don't love that it has this label, but sometimes it actually has the label anxiety. So that was like a very obvious clue for me. But I also thought that when you were saying how perfectionistic you can be on yourself, that that was another clue, because as you probably know, the self-preserving one is a little bit harder on themselves and a little bit less hard on others. It doesn't mean that I didn't notice you guys both saying, Hey, I can be hard on Robbie. Um, but it was also that part of that was because you wanted yourself to be fit. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I actually have to talk my husband into because self-preserving is his repressed. So I have to really encourage him in workouts because if he's not doing it for social, like if he wasn't on the football team doing this or the basketball team, then it wasn't worth anything. And so for you, I like hearing, Hey, I know how to balance and get my own self-care. Is that true about you? Definitely. It's always been something that I've prioritized just because we're only giving, I think stewardship is a really big theme in my life Mm -hmm. to every opportunity I'm given, even like the body that I'm in. I'm Mm -hmm. grateful. Like I have two legs. I can run. What a blessing. And I think going at life with that perspective, I want to steward my body. If I have two legs and I can walk like, Oh, I can run. And -hmm. if it helps me get a little endorphin rush, so I'm a little bit more happier throughout my day. That ultimately means I'm going to be a better coworker and a better wife and a better dog mom. So yes. I definitely see like a lot of that. And also I think this particular type, the self-preservation type is a little bit more social. Is that a characteristic that they have? The self-preservation type? It, it depends. Yeah. Some of the self-preserving types are a little more introverted because of that fear, just wanting to hold back. And I think it also has to do with sensory and how you process that. Some people have more or less of that going on where they're not sensory integrated. So they're like, I don't have the way to get my headphones on and I need to not see so many people. Whereas it just sounds like for you, social might be your secondary. And then you've described how you've had to work really hard for the one-to-one. Uh, would you agree that that might be your stacking or do you think that you yeah. love your one-to-one? Yes, definitely. I think one-to-one also I've heard mistypes as in type eight at times. Is that true? And so yes. Okay. Something that I thought about that was when I had first initially taken the test, my top numbers were like a one, three, eight. I think there was a seven in there. It was kind of this jumble of different types. And I do see this element of intensity in both Robbie and myself, just because we are very action oriented type people. So I resonated with it for that standpoint, because I could see myself being pretty intense, but at the end of the day, I'm not somebody that typically like berates people and tells them that they need to be better unless I'm married to you, then I'm much <laughs> comfortable because low risk, you know, like I know he's married mm-hmm. to me, we're fine. I can be honest with him where I see myself much more as an encourager. I love to encourage my friends. I'm the coworker that says, 
wow, like your outfit looks so cute today. Like I love the way that you did your makeup. I really get a lot of joy from encouraging others. Aww. And I think it's kind of how I cope with my fear. I think if people intimidate me, I try and call out the good that I see in them. Mm-hmm. And the more good I call out in others, the less intimidating they are. I don't know. But that's something I that I've that. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's how you're working with even a repressed feature where you're like, I know I'm self-preserving dominant, but I'm working my way out of my fear by allowing these less huge dragons in my life to become players, to be more on the equal balance with me so that I can use this. Okay. I can use this one-to-one or the social setting to feel less anxious. So that's a really creative way you're doing that. I sure love that. And as a one, um, I know we're going to talk about how Robbie is self-preserving seven, but how do you notice him being self-preserving? I think with his energy, he is a very extroverted individual, but like he was saying, if he is tired or if he has a headache, he has this tendency to kind of withdraw and to not want to participate unless there are new people and new experiences in the room. Really? Like, yes, definitely. If there's a new experience, new opportunity, new person, Robbie will always come out of his shell, even if he has a headache. How interesting. So he's probably self-preserving social and then one-to-one, but I hear the balance with you too. So is is that really cool? Um, when you see other people, Robbie, and you're just energized by groups, is that true? Yeah, I think my, so my dad was a youth pastor. My mom's a real estate agent. And Uh so there's probably some unhealthy people pleasing tendencies Mm -hmm. where it's like, like I've, so I love public speaking. Mm -hmm. Uh, my dad was great at it. And I think at a young age, he just kind of taught me some stuff. And it's just like one thing I just love. It's just such a cool feeling. Mm. And I've spoken while being like so sick. Mm-hmm. Like there was a time I spoke at Capital Christian. Yeah. yeah and so, you know, nice that thing, mm-hmm. when the lights are on, you have no choice but to kind of turn it on. It's almost just like naturally. You're just like, all right, I don't like I could be mm-hmm. really sick, but the moment I'm in front of people, something clicks. Yeah. Yes. And that's called theater magic for actors. I noticed yeah. they said that comes right on. I definitely we both have felt have that. that. Yeah. And I, I I feel it in a more social setting as well with people who I don't think will love me no matter what. We're getting deep. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I have the fear of abandonment, which I do with Mm -hmm. some people, Mm -hmm. um, like for example, so if I'm around my mom, brother, obviously Morgan, um, uh, or the rest of our family, Morgan's parents, like I have full confidence, you know, her brother and then my, my brother's, uh, wife, Mary, you know, I'm very, I can just be myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if there's like pretty much anybody else in the room who I'm like, if I'm not on, Mm-hmm. They won't, they'll end up not liking me. Mm-hmm. They'll end up leaving me. Mm-hmm. So I got to keep it on to kind of preserve whatever type of status. I don't really know the right word or just yeah. kind of like community kind of that. Yeah. You have. Yes. Kind of like a defense mechanism. Like right. well, yeah. it's safe and, you know, and we sevens yeah. think of everything in terms of safe or unsafe. And I noticed yeah. you used that word with Morgan earlier. And interestingly, she looks as, you know, things to be good or bad. So yeah. it's really interesting that 
you view it that way. And you already said kind of like, and she said it too, you, you know him so well, his defense mechanism for safety. So he's like, I have to be on, this is survival and this is good for others. And you guys both put on that one part of you that's moral. And so I love that. And I think God blesses that, but I also am hearing that I might be wrong about his stacking because he might be last, like I am social, um, where that's not the secondary, but that his one-to-one is more of his secondary because that's a little safer for him to be healthy and to kind of not have to put on huge energy. Is that true for you, Robbie? So to not have to put on the huge energy yeah. when I'm in a safe environment. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. When I'm safe, I'm good. I'm, I'll totally check out like Morgan knows if I, if I have a headache game over, if I'm just with Morgan, it's like, I'm going to bed, I need to get raid and two Tylenol and I'm going to be back there for a few hours. I know the drill. Morgan knows the drill, but around other people and, you know, reading more about kind of the self-preservation subtype, Mm -hmm. it's like, I will use any resource necessary to get the job done, whether that's myself or using others so like mm-hmm. if i surrounded myself with really I, I got my engineering degree and um systems yeah i i i, I surrounded myself with these incredibly smart i have great friends like they're friends first and foremost but fortunately they were incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. and if i i if i couldn't figure it out there's something about like the seven kind of charm and kind of woo factor where it's like, if I can't figure this out, I will find somebody who can figure this out mm-hmm. and I will make them like me. So they'll want to help me. Yeah. Like it's just a yeah. natural thing. So you're kind of just preserving yourself constantly, whether you can get it done or you can kind of get someone else to like you enough to help you get it done. Yeah. Thank you for so. being so honest about that, because that is not something that we always get celebrated as <laughs> self-preserving no, yeah, sevens. And yeah. um, some people don't understand that you can burn really far out on the social seven. And so when you're feeling really bad, um, sometimes you do have to pull back and to preserve, but there is a balance. And I think over time, as you know, now being dog parents and one day parents um, of kids, maybe you'll see, you have to push through those headaches. It is going to be so crazy, but what I'm going to encourage you to say is God is going to shock you with how freaking amazing he made you. So you are going to be like, wow, I cannot believe how much I've grown over the years. And yet you also are going to need to be able to have the safe place because we do get sensory overload as sevens and we need that safe, like little hole where we can go melt in. So I'm super happy to hear that you have an SP wife who gets that. And Wes did eventually get it. Even for us after 20 years, neither of ours are easy to see. So we have to work at it, but you guys have a bit of a natural SP between you. So that helps. Cause she's like, Oh, you have a bad headache. Like that's terrible. Like go rest. I feel it's such a blessing being in this season where we don't have kids because yeah. I like, re- it's funny. I've sat there with a couple headaches. It's so funny. I just keep saying headache. Like it sounds <laughs> No, but so- that's sevens. We're in our but- head. So we get a lot of headaches generally. But- yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. True. And yeah. so I always, cause it sounds so weak. People are like, yeah, I've got a little headache. I'm like, no, no, I, our headaches are nasty, especially if you're a runner. Nasty. Cause then you run and then you get a terrible runner. Like that's why I don't run as much as I used to. And I'm not saying that to cause any problems. I just, I had to, <laughs> the headaches were that insane. Cause you run past maybe your capacity sometimes. Krista, 
I appreciate you so much. <laughs> no one has ever been able to empathize with that because it's I'm in my head constantly, and there's this like tightness and like this sensory overload to where I swear these headaches are mm-hmm. uncontrollable. I know. Um, but I was just kind of sitting there and I was like, oh my gosh, there's gonna come a day where I can't just sit here if I have a headache. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have kids or we're gonna have other things that are that need me to kind of sacrifice this mm-hmm. comfort right now. Yes, it is gonna but be that way. Yep. Yeah, even like you have no choice. Yeah, and Morgan's gonna need you to show up in those yeah. moments. She's gonna yeah. be exhausted because she as a one come to find out. I still don't believe Wes has as much as me, but like <laughs> they have pain too, believe it or not. And like right. they push so through crazy. it. They have very, very bad pain. It. It's crazy. I think what's cool or what's different about it too is ones are thinking repressed, right? Correct right. me if I'm wrong. So we're all action and feels. And mm-hmm. so a lot of times, like I'm not really thinking that much, which sounds crazy. And I think I disguise that a lot with my productivity and how much I can accomplish in one day. And I actually told Robbie one yeah. time getting a little bit more vulnerable about how I had this fear that maybe people don't see me as intelligent because I know that mm-hmm. I am not always processing and thinking things through as much as I am just relying on gut instincts and feelings mm-hmm. and actions. And I can kind of deceive people by accomplishing a really large to-do list because to them, like, wow, how did she get all that done? It's like, I didn't really think I was just moving and movement mm-hmm. is so much easier. And it's why running has been such a therapeutic thing for me because yes. I've allowed myself to run, but to run without music. And so that gives me an opportunity to think while doing something that I'm very confident at, which is movement and action. And oh so my gosh. if you have seen that in your husband, like, is it easier to have a intellectual thought provoking conversation if he's moving? Is that something that you guys have had to go through at all? We have, I, we've always done run running together. So I, yeah, definitely. We've processed so many books, come up with so many ideas. We just love that. Um, but now what's changed is he, because he was self-preserving repressed, I used to make fun of him with social stuff and he used to make fun of me with self-preserving. And so he would not understand long runs because he didn't feel permission to take them. So now he does because he learned that he was repressed there. And now he does exactly what you say. And he goes on the runs at golden hour at or at the early morning, or he rides his bike to get his heart rate up. And he just really enjoys thinking, but it's a newer thing for him. And I do know females even grow a little bit faster in some capacities. Emotionally, we have more permission to in society. So I think as a male trying to get his family surviving, he's also social. So he's trying to get not only his family, but the whole world surviving. So that's a huge task. And there's almost no permission to just, he even said it the other day, he goes, if I'm not like, if I'm out running, I could be at home cooking you breakfast or doing something productive. And I was shocked to hear that. Like what you wouldn't think of putting on your oxygen mask. So yes, Morgan, he's becoming like that, but it's a very beautiful and noble thing. I've come to learn when somebody is social first, but there's a lot of instincts to where I don't want anyone to be cruel to somebody who may be one-to-one or self-preserving first, because these instincts come out of different feelings. As I talked about recently on the instinctual variant podcast, where it might be that somebody in your family had been starving or did not have any resources. So for you, that's an important piece that their ceiling is your floor and you're trying to rise up a new generation. So I don't begrudge you guys any of your places or any listeners, but it's really important that we all try to give each other what we don't have. So if you're both self-preserving, you guys are going to have to work together to balance out enough time for one-to-one and enough time 
time for the world. And so, like you're saying, when you have added a dog and kids, maybe later, you're going to see God growing you. And real quick, as Robbie and I said, oh, we get those bad headaches. Um, And I said, you'll be surprised that God will use you. Sometimes he's right. Sometimes you won't have anything. And it's truly new mercies every morning. And so thankfully with headaches, typically, if you can knock them out early enough, you can wake up refreshed the next day. And a lot of seven headaches are based in like Morgan alluded to over analysis and overdoing. So when you have those, the good news is you're like, okay, I'm here the next day. And my kids had to deal with me being quiet and not fun. And you'll find that some kids are like, I actually like you better, even though you're like, now I've had this burning headache. How could you have liked me? And they're like, cause you were quiet. And yeah. you're still- <laughs> I, I literally, it's so weird because I feel healthier, more confident and comfortable as I kind of ease into social situations. And I'm not that, that clapping monkey or that clown for everybody just to kind of laugh at, you know? Perhaps. Oh, thank you for saying that. Good for yeah. you. So good at like entertaining. Well, and that's, that's where well, I remember in junior high, when I found out if I laugh, if I'm the loudest, if I say the most inappropriate joke or whatever that is, people mm. just like, me, and that's all I want. I just want yeah. to be like, mm. and that kind of carried throughout my whole life to where when people show up, I'm like, all right, like time to be the clown mm-hmm. because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Like me. And it's been this really cool transformation, honestly, pretty recently yeah. during our marriage where I'm like, I can like ease into this and I can stay a little bit more internal and I can be a little bit deeper and I can be the person who everybody's not having to look at or not everybody has to laugh at my jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's been really, really nice. And I found people don't leave, which was like the big mm-hmm. fear, right? Yeah. People, mm-hmm. I, I feel I'm more confident in those situations and I feel people are more actually comfortable around me when, I'm, like when I'm more like a that. A lie that you wow. Correct me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong, is if I'm not fun or entertaining others, they're going to find something better. And yeah, I think for you, yeah. a lot of your journey has been like, okay, I want to have a deep intellectual conversation, but I don't want to bore people. Like I have to make sure that they're entertained first. And a lot of exactly. this denial oh, yeah. of self for others, which I think is something that people wouldn't naturally think happens for Enneagram sevens because they like to experience new things. It can seem very self-driven but I think a lot of times with seven when it involves other people it's definitely others driven they want to make sure you're having a good time because mm-hmm. they don't want to stress out if you're having a good time no, if you're so having true, a good time yeah. they feel permission yeah. to also have a good time so you go home exhausted mm-hmm. because you were yeah. just dancing for everybody for hours mm-hmm. and then they, maybe they liked you maybe they didn't mm-hmm. um but like no one knows like kind of the internal battle of like, no, everything I'm doing is to make you laugh, make yes. you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, it led into this pretty deep codependency on mm-hmm. other people's approval, mm-hmm. laughter. I had to hear like, oh, Robbie, you know, people like you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where I found my worth. And so anyways, mm-hmm. it's been good to like, and that's where I go to more, I think it's the one to, is it one to one or more social that's grounded in reality? The one-to-one or social that's more grounded in reality. It's the social. It's a social. Okay. So that's what I've been experiencing lately is like this just deep, as I'm reading scripture, it's been cool. I've been reading, I've been thinking back into first Samuel um, and just kind of reading David and Goliath and just, I guess, David and Saul's whole journey, but it's been so cool. I've been looking up everywhere that something happened in first Samuel, like these, these places where like, we know where David and Goliath fought. 
I didn't know that. Yeah. And like, we know where David hid in the caves. We know where like all these crazy things happen. They're still here today. And it's been this cool, I've been so stuck in my head for so long to come out of that and just realize that these stories that I've been reading for my whole life, they actually happened and we know where they happened. It's been grounding me in reality in my everyday life. I'm not as stuck in my head anymore. Which is a very healthy characteristic. It's so healthy. Yeah, it's really right. going into the investigative intellectual that he can definitely be. It's not just knowing something, it's knowing the full essence of something. So we know mm-hmm. something happened in a certain country. Okay, but where's that country? What countries is it between? What's the terrain like? Yeah, he gets exactly. into that stuff. I don't know if I you're passionate about Google Maps. Right? Do I you love like Google Maps? I mean, that's not where I take my fiveness, but I do <laughs> can see myself doing that. I just, I'm oh. more fantasy Lord of the Rings map. So oh. <laughs> you're more grounded than me. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Google maps, but no, it's um, yeah. Anyways, I was, I was just kind of trying to dig through, I think self-preservation is really natural, mm-hmm. but um, it's felt so good to just get out of your head for a second mm-hmm. because I think people, people see the sevens. And they just think like, um, like you're just kind of like this just party, party, party. You never think about anything. You don't think anything through. You can never follow through. You don't plan anything. Mm-hmm. So I think there's this weird stereotype. We don't think. It's like, no, you don't understand. I'm constantly thinking. It's like my brain is never off. Um, and so when we run now, we don't listen to music because I don't want to be distracted all the time. Sometimes I do. Sometimes a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) We don't, we don't listen to music in the car. We don't really have a lot of music. And I think because I was using that to escape Mm -hmm. kind of my head a little bit, but to kind of, um, kind of face it up and then actually do the work to get more grounded Mm -hmm. and get out of my head has just been like the short-term struggle for what I really wanted long-term. Oh my gosh. That's amazing growth that you have been doing. I mean, I'm so impressed with that, that you're on that journey that oh, young. You. That's you. just blowing my mind, quite That's honestly. Great. Well, thank you. It's, awesome. it's been really cool. And um, I yeah. feel like I'm getting a therapy session right now. I appreciate I know, it. You guys are like helping me out so much. Well, like, your wife has all these insights. Yeah, I and I was going to tell you, it wasn't your, like, I love how you were like, is that the social? And it's like, it is the social that cares about others and stuff. And I love that you're more grounded and you're not just in that one-to-one sexual seven of like, oh, I'm dreaming all day. And my music allows me to dream and to escape. Um, And then you already described the self-preserving, but what I really was going to say is it's your one wife and your own journey from five to one that are giving you the permission to get into the body because head is way up here. And then we have heart and the journey down to the body is so important to get you grounded in the here and now. And this is the other beautiful thing that her self-preserving one and uh, Wes and I have learned it. Like I said, it's been a lot longer, but we have done our work too. So for those couples listening who are like, oh, they're so young and they have it all made, but like oh, they, have other, <laughs> they have other journeys to learn, but they have done this. And that's because you're getting here quicker because you both have a lead with self-preserving to where mm-hmm. she could actually say, take yourself seriously. You yeah. are worth it. Go slower, focus, yeah. rest. Like those are things that I, we finally had to say, like when we learned Enneagram, like West was like, you don't need rest. You can do it all. And I'm like, I can. He's like, yes, you can. And so it was like his social dominant wasn't able to see it. Whereas hers was. And we had, like I said, other strengths that we were able to see first, but I think that I just want listeners to be encouraged that like, you can really choose to grow with your spouse where they're gifted. Cause I love that you gave that to him, Morgan, cause it wasn't his social. It was you that gave him that permission. Oh, I 
you. Yeah. I appreciate it. You did. I do have a question about self-preservation. I'm really curious. One of my internal battles and long time journeys has been wrestling with like body image and how people perceive me. And I'm curious mm-hmm. if self-preservation numbers have the tendency to be a little bit more consumed in their like external appearances. Is that mm-hmm. something that you have seen? Yes, definitely. Because it's, you know, survival of the fittest kind of basic survival needs coming out in nature. So that's for starters. Um, But what's interesting about self-preserving is some people it comes out with food and that's what it is, is I have to, like I've said, I used to carry a bag of food around to my therapy sessions. (laughs) I was the youngest child and I always got the least amount. So it's like, (laughs) that's how it came out with me. And it still does. And I can get very gluttonous with food of wanting that full feeling other self. And we're going through like types one through nine self-preserving in generals here. Um, but self-preserving ones, sometimes it's about, um, looks and sometimes it isn't. I have two self-preserving one clients where it's not, but guess what? You just named it. That self-preserving instinct can come out in several different capacities. And sounds like yours isn't as much with a lot of food. It's more about just really looking your best, which does go with one, doesn't it? Oh yeah, definitely. Like Mm -hmm. I want Sometimes I'm just like, I'm really not ready to interact with people until I'm like put together. And we've joked mm-hmm. out like in the morning, I am super quiet. And like, I don't really want to talk. And I think it is this element of going to like the negative characteristics of a type four, right? Where I become a little bit more shameful because I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Like, I hope you don't feel like I've deceived you because you dated me when I was like always like ready and looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I don't look that great in the morning and that's okay. But mm-hmm. I definitely withdraw and go to that total type four where I'm like, no, like, I'm so sorry. Like I'm ashamed. Like mm-hmm. it's better. Please don't look at me. But then it's mm-hmm. interesting because once I get ready, I feel safe. And I think that's Aww. where I put a lot of like self-preservation things. And I've had to give myself permission. Right. So as a one, we can be justice warriors for sure. And really focused on like doing what's right for others. And I felt a lot of this negative guilt about being selfish, about like wanting to have my hair and makeup done, wanting to have a cute outfit. For me, mm-hmm. it's not just a cute outfit. It's in a suit of armor, honestly. Mm. It's like, it's my yeah. sword. It's like, mm. I feel safe and capable to take on the world. So that, that's really interesting for us. Yeah, that and that's a woman awesome. thing because that's like so sad that we live in a culture where that's how we are as women. Yeah. And so I know that that's like a greater issue for women and then ones on top of it and self-preserving on top of it. So that's why God gave you a seven who is not necessarily all detailed about that. Like he's looking at the big picture, what a wonderful woman you are and taking in the whole archetype of you versus getting super consumed with the nuance of like, he might not even notice something little because he's just taking in that whole big aura. And I hate that word, but you know who you are, your whole essence. Is that true, Robbie? Oh, it's so, yeah. Yeah. First, you can just be my spokesperson. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, you know, you already know me so well. That's that's exactly what it is. Morgan comes out, you know, she she just ran, she's sweaty. She took a shower, no makeup, towel up on her head. And she's like, just like cooking eggs. And um, she literally, like when we first got married, it was this, like, I am so sorry. Like you deserve somebody better. And I'm like, so confused because I'm like it's seven in the morning what are you talking about at seven I'm just like thanks for breakfast thanks for breakfast this is great like I, I'm not I'm not disciplined enough yet to make myself a balanced breakfast I appreciate you doing that and I'm just thinking about wow she's going to do a great job oh. energetic and there's like I don't even care if you have makeup on like I don't even think about oh. it 
but but like that's just like naturally how it is and so today it was actually funny um morgan so i probably haven't and i guess yeah we'll be honest so i haven't worked out like all week which is just like as a seven thing you like go on and off some week i feel it's like um you know i think sometimes i get really motivated and i'm really <laughs> for two weeks and i'm like yes and then a week where one thing goes wrong and i'm like back into the cake um, and so yeah this so Morgan, if I haven't worked out in a few days, sometimes she's like, "Oh no, Robbie's going back into kind of like that lazy cave he can go to." I love people so much, but I love them when they're confident and really living life to the fullest. And so if I see somebody slipping, slipping, yeah. and like taking a step back, I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Whereas no, I, yeah. I'm like very yeah. picture. Yeah, I'm like. It's like two days. Honestly, if I run for two days in a row, like I'll be fine or, or whatever. And if yeah. we eat healthy for a week, we won't even think about this. Yeah. But sometimes that really big picture mindset mm-hmm. means I could just put something off for forever mm-hmm. and just put, need like a day or something. And I, I won't be disciplined enough to actually get started because I'm always thinking hope, very hopeful. Like, oh, it'll be easy to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morgan is like, just like very like in the here and now. And like, I'm like, we're like way off into like the big picture. But anyways, that's a good thing and a bad thing. But it's a yes. good thing in the sense that at the beginning of the morning, I don't care what you look like. I don't even think about oh, it. Because in the God. big picture. Oh my God. No, God is healing some of her trauma through you too. So that oh, is beautiful God. that you are, you know, women have been traumatized societally and, you know, we, we can be so black and white with, like you said, all sevens are so bad because of this and all ones are so bad because of that. And it's like, we're hearing on this episode, how you guys are truly bringing healing to each other. So I want people to be encouraged, like, yeah, marriage can be hard, but it can be so beautiful if you allow your spouse to heal you versus shaming them and, I see you guys working against those pieces where you could be tempted to say my way is the only right way because we both have a relationship to one and we love our own freedoms and autonomy, but instead you're trying to choose. And I love that. I'm hearing that, that you're saying, I could see how getting up earlier would be helpful. or I could see how changing out my outfit in the intimacy department might be something I could look at, but I do want to echo that her doing this in her self-preserving mode will pay off in the long run too. As much as I think we, in our Enneagram work, kind of in some, as we're closing in our Enneagram work, we always say things are okay, just the way they are. Like God has it right. Like that's kind of one of the mantras of the Enneagram. As long as you don't go crazy into your uh, personality and passions, God has this, but there's also a sense of actual justice and making healthy changes and where the one can do this is she can make you a better person by saying like, if you actively work out more times a week because of the one that gift. So it's like, I do love that for Robbie because you're actively doing that. And my one sister is an OT and her husband, who's a six recently had a knee surgery and he had to lose weight for it. And he had to get prepped for it. And he was laughing with me on the phone. He's like, I wish your sister wouldn't be an OT right now. And she would just be my sweet, loving wife. But I was like, my sister's the reason you're walking. Exactly. exactly. But he does so much for her. He serves her in his sickness so much so she can run around the whole state of Michigan and she's doing quality reviews. So she gets to like write what everyone's doing wrong. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. And you guys have such helper gifts. I know with your two wing there, Morgan. So anyway, I wanted to get, let you guys know that. Um, and you know, we want to have you guys back on to talk about your whole like animal life too. Cause I think there's a lot of people who love talking about pets and you guys have a new pup, right? You do have a new pup. Callie Grace Maxie. Yep. A five-month-old golden doodle, mostly fluff, but all heart. Honestly, (laughs) such a sweet uh, blessing. Definitely. She's very good at pulling me out of my head because, you know, puppies, they are the most seven thing on the planet. They are. (laughs) Golden doodle is for sure. And a golden doodle. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We would love to discuss all that. It's been, uh, it's been it's so funny, like seeing our personalities being pulled out of us in relation to Callie. So Morgan's, she's on all the vet appointments. She is on, she was the one on the eating schedule. She was the one, this is how we need to train. And then I'm the one like, let's wrestle for like hours. So it's, it's been, it's been good. Like it's pulled it out of us, but it's helped me be a little bit more structured and it's yeah. helped Morgan, I think, kind of let go and understand like a dog is going to pee everywhere and do some crazy things. <laughs> and, like chaos will ensue in our house, and I just have That's to be so okay fun. with that. I love the yeah, yeah. It's been- <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that, you guys. It's like I think I could talk to you all day and be like, I know, we're here. Sure. <laughs> I could talk to you all day too. Easy. Oh, well, we'll have to have you back. I am so looking forward to next season. I have some fun ideas for it, but I'm really loving just processing people's glows this season. So thank you so much for being a guest oh, today, you. you guys. Oh my thank gosh. You. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to chat with us. Yeah. We have been following your page for so long and hey. all the is so great. And especially the glow packet, we really loved glow it. Packet's and just pretty awesome. being just described as pure sunshine I think it can be so difficult to give a term to describe a relationship right a relationship is very multifaceted yeah, and right. pure sunshine I was like yes that's it that is what I experienced and yeah. you do it you guys just did such a great job of yeah. characterizing you have a great that. program it's really cool thank yeah. you well my husband Wes who's the one really came up with the name glow so oh, that was, oh, yeah. we were on a walk on golden hour. That's it. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, yes, With our dog. This is all so coming good. together. Oh, man. I love that. I love walks. Oh, okay. Well, thank you guys. Lots of love. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Krista. Wow. I am so happy that Robbie and Morgan were able to talk with me today. They really refreshed my soul. It was a beautiful joy to be with a young couple that I could tell had so much up on Wes and I in that era. I was a little bit jealous. I was in my force space a little bit. I can tell you that, but I was also so thrilled for them just to see how far they had come. And I also knew that we had things that we were ahead of them on because of our age. So I want you to be encouraged if they're behind you, if they're ahead of you, just know that we all have something to teach each other. And I'm looking forward to hanging with them again and talking about pet life. So leave a review at Apple Podcasts. And I hope that you really, really had fun with us today. We will definitely try to continue to give you quality content. And I'm already thinking about how I can fit in more depth next season. So we'll get there too. And we have some fun shows coming up for you soon, including the 1-5 Glow for those 1-5 couples out there. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.